Introducing the Soul Collection by Brilliant Earth, the global leader in ethically sourced fine jewelry. From pave rings to star-studded bracelets, each piece made with recycled gold or silver and beyond conflict-free diamonds, embodies Brilliant Earth's commitment to design, craftsmanship, quality, sustainability, and transparency. Drawing inspiration from the warmth and energy of the sun, soul is more than jewelry. It's an expression of your personality. The Soul Collection, exclusively at Brilliant Earth. Be light, be you. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today we are back for another edition of the also mma strategy shows we're here to get you ready for ufc columbus which goes down on saturday lock time 4 p.m each time with the prelims and of course the main car will be at 7 p.m each time headlined by a heavyweight matchup between curtis blades and chris Dawkins. so we're here for the next hour to break this one down for you as always we are sponsored by prize picks up here later on in the show we'll talk about some prize picks as of was already on there this morning and saw a couple of prop plays that I do like here for UFC Columbus. But of course, as always, I am joined by the fighter Pete Rogers Jr. We come in here after UFC London. You, you know, we, uh, and Pete, you brought the point on live for lock last week. I said, who's the fire we're not talking about? I threw out Mark one here at Kwani. And man, he was, uh, he ultimately kind of was, uh, the, the, the guy you needed to win to take down last week. Yeah, it was unfortunate. Um, you know, good call, Jason, of saying that we weren't talking about him. Uh, everything else for me was was pretty spot on. But I got to some other underdogs and, and kind of like mixed my exposure. But Amir Khani was a guy I was glossing over a little bit. And, uh, you know, that, that, that fight really reminded me of just how, like, when, when you fight, you can't be too emotional. And, you know, you can be dealing with a ton of stuff that Grundy was dealing with outside the octagon. But when you step inside, you got to be, you know, all business. And I know it's very, very difficult for somebody to, to, to really put all that, you know, and leave it outside the cage. But uh, we've seen it in the past. I mean, the Korean zombie did it to uh, Mark Hominick when Mark Hominick had just lost his coach and came forward super aggressive, wanted to get the fight done early and ended up getting knocked out in like 20 seconds or something silly. So, uh, yeah, crazy card. My boy Aspinall looked great, and I'm so happy about that. And I had to bring it up uh, for all the doubters out there. I love Tom Aspinall, and I'm hoping that you guys believe in him now. And uh, now we got an awesome card going forward, and uh, cannot wait to break it down with you and see what our listeners are thinking. Man, we all know where your man crush list, man. This is like these next couple of weeks are like a man crush list here for you. You know, last wow. week it was Aspinall. You know, in, in two weeks we got Hamzat. I mean, who's probably going to be priced like ninety five hundred on DraftKings because that that's that betting line just continues to climb. And then your boy Romanoff stepping in a couple of weeks uh, against uh, Tanner Bozer. So it, it is a Pete the Heat man crush <laughs> list coming up here. But of course, uh, we are here to break down UFC Columbus, and of course, uh, be sure to hit that thumbs up. Up button that definitely helps out a ton of course if you're not subscribed to also right here on youtube be sure to do that of course uh today's free premium data and tools over awesome.com our nba main slate ownership projections also nhl top stacks of course coming up after us will be the nhl strategy show that's the guys to get you ready for tonight's nhl slate let's get right into his heavyweight matchup curtis blades taking on chris Dawkins. curtis blades 9200 over on DraftKings, 7000 for chris Dawkins. of course uh, as we do this show fan duel lines are not out here uh you know pete to me this just isn't a hard one to break down um if chris Dawkins as an underdog is going to pull it off i think he knocks out curtis blades within 10 minutes of this fight i mean obviously there are some question marks you have um you know with the chin of curtis Blades, but man, his wrestling is so, uh, so spot on. And, and look, when Curtis Blades gets this one to the ground, y- you know, he ain't playing jujitsu, bro. That is not Curtis yeah. Blades' deal. He is just going to hammer you with strikes. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I, I like to view divisions as, you know, in tiers. And I do feel like, you know, Curtis Blades is upon that elite tier within the division. And, you know, he starts to get some momentum and then he'll get knocked out. And that's his Achilles heel. It's just his striking defense. He gets hit with big shots. Um, but it's against heavy hitters, man. It's heavyweight division, right? But as far as like skill set wise, he has some of the most unique skills within the division that can, you know, pose problems for everybody because any 
top heavy wrestler is going to, you know, be a nightmare of a matchup, especially when you incorporate amazing ground and pound. Now, I do wish that Curtis Blades would start to really work on some submissions as well, because you're not always going to be able to TKO everybody. Sometimes people are too tough for their own good and you need to really just choke them out or, you know, make that decision for them. If he just incorporated some like simple chokes, um, not saying like I want to, you know, learn in arm bars or anything, but like, you know, let's, let's work on a, a, an arm triangle choke or, or something like that to really, you know, just get people out of there a little quicker. Um, there are more unknowns surrounding, you know, Chris Dawkins here. Coming off that really, really bad knockout loss to Derek Lewis, how does he respond? Is he healthy enough to get back in the cage? Um, is he a little gun shy in his return fight? This is a massive step up in competition, and the UFC is really doing him no favors. Yeah, you know what? You want to headline another fight uh, and try to work your way back against Curtis Blades? There's an opportunity for for Dawkins to win here, and he just has to land early and land clean, and uh, you know. We can't really gauge the takedown defense of Chris Dawkins because we haven't seen it inside the UFC, but I'm fully expecting Curtis Blades to just be too much for most of the division in regards to wrestling. Um, if he gets Dawkins down, I do think that a couple ground and pound shots, uh, you know, you know, can definitely make Dawkins a little weary. And uh, I'm leaning significantly in the Curtis Blades, you know, side. I do think that this gets stretched out a little bit, but I like Curtis Blades inside the distance, 9,200 absolutely appropriate price tag. And uh, I know that you love Curtis Blades this week as well. Yeah. I mean, the one thing is, and when you pop in that Curtis Blades tape and, and there's countless fights, you can pull this up on it and you've seen it on tape. It's like, man, the rear naked's there, bro. Just take yeah. it, just mm -hmm. take it, take it. And he just doesn't. I mean, it's just, you know, you just know the Curtis Blades. I mean, look, Blades. And also, I think you're just going to see a big size difference in this one. You know, the, the mm -hmm. two concerns I will say I have on Curtis Blades is a potentially, you know, Chris Dawkins landing that shot that drops him. The other thing is, is, you know, with having that wrestling base, we saw this in the Volkov fight potentially wearing down. But I don't know if Chris Dawkins got, got 20, 25 minute cardio either. Yeah, great points. And, uh, you know, I do think that I favor Curtis Blades, his work rate, his um, his cardio, even though in the Volkov fight, you know, we were like, man, maybe that cardio is not as good as we thought it was. I mean, he landed 14 takedowns or something silly like that. Yeah, 14 yeah. takedowns against Volkov and uh, had over 20 minutes of control time. That's absolutely incredible, especially on a slate like this. We want to target these, you know, these these wrestlers with high upside. He has five rounds to work with. I don't think it goes five, but he has five if it needs to. Um, I just feel like it, the pace might be too much for Chris uh, Dawkins. And let's not really X out the possibility of Blades landing heavy on the feet either. He's not a horrible striker. I think yeah. that he's a, a serviceable striker on the feet. He hits, he hits really heavy. He's knocked people out on the feet, but uh, you know, his bread and butter is mixing in takedowns and incorporating that vicious, vicious ground and pound. And, you know, this is kind of like a, a harsh reality about the sport. Jason is how like we were touting Chris Dawkins and everybody's, you know, behind Chris Dawkins. And then you lose one fight and recency bias is a real thing. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult to try to uh, figure out if you're just being a little too biased about his previous result, or if you think that this matchup is somewhat of a nightmare for him. And I do think that the matchup is a nightmare for him. So I'm siding with Curtis blades, not really so much about the knockout loss. It's just where I view Curtis blades within the division, but uh, yeah, it's a tough sport, man. You know, you're only as good as your last fight. And unfortunately doc has got knocked out pretty bad against Derek Lewis. Yeah, it's uh, and how does he bounce back from that? Right. Does he come out, you know, guns blazing, or does he come out tentative and maybe tentative because he's going to be worried about the, the potential takedown? Co main event is a female matchup. You got Joanne Wood taking on Alexa Grosso, eight nine thousand for Alexis Grosso, 7,200 for Joanne Wood. This is a fight, Pete, that I think you know. I don't expect it to go to the ground. I think this is a fight that's going to play on the feet. I think the only way it probably goes to the ground is if we, you know, have one of these ladies goes out and drop them. Um, you know, one thing from Jojo Wood here is I, I do kind of look at the front kick as potentially being a, a key part of her arsenal uh, in this one, because I mean, look, she, you know, Alexis Grosso, she is, she's a boxer. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that could be the difference maker here is, uh, of how just like Joanne Wood, you know, can mix things up. She's a good kickboxer. And Alexa uh, Alexa Grasso really likes to just rely on her hands. And her combinations are excellent. It's just that, you know, Joanne Wood likes to incorporate front kicks, low kicks, round kicks. She's just a Muay Thai practitioner. And I think that could be the difference maker here. And it might like 
be surprising for a lot of people, but I'm back in Joanne Wood as like an extreme value piece this week. Uh, I like the value at 7,200. Um, you know, if Grasso was like a prolific finisher, I probably wouldn't be getting to Joanne Wood. If she had a, a stronger ground game, I think that she has a solid ground game, but I think it's somewhat, you know, level with Joanne Wood's, you know, caliber on the mat. Uh, you know, and then I would be a little hesitant, but in a striking affair where Grasso maybe mixes in one takedown just to get a little different, uh, I think that this is going to be a kickboxing fight, which could end up working, you know, for the underdog and Joanne Wood, who's had her, you know, up and down career where she's shown glimpses of her potential. And then it's just like volatility as well. Uh, I like her volume. She's thrown, you know, she, she'll throw 200 strikes, land nearly 150 significant strikes. And I just think that she might have an edge in output. So unlike a lot of people, I feel like I'm going to be backing Joanne Wood this week at 7,200 just because I feel like Alexa Grasso in a win, not sure she does enough because I don't think she'll find a finish. She she hits hard, but uh, Joanne Wood on the feet is pretty you know pretty durable. So uh, give me some underdog selections in uh, Joanne Wood to kind of start off the card as like, a, you know, you know, from a breakdown standpoint as a, a fighter that I want to get behind in that 7K range. So 7,200 Joanne Wood, I'm all about it. JoJo's a veteran of sport. Let me put a little true false with you. Okay. A win by Saturday by JoJo would be the best win of her career. Oh, God. So I'm, I'm going to give you her UFC wins. New on Curiosity Stream. I'm James Burke. I'm going to take you on a journey through time. James Burke's visionary series returns. Reimagined for our time. Now, this is all uncharted territory. The Washington Post hails Burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the Western world. The New York Times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another. Where do we want to go from here? Experience all new connections. So what's the next connection? With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. Introducing the Soul Collection by Brilliant Earth, the global leader in ethically sourced fine jewelry. Designed for everyday elegance, this exclusive new collection features timeless rings and bracelets, made with recycled gold and silver, and adorned with beyond-conflict-free diamonds to celebrate your unique style and story. Energizing and iconic, the Soul Collection reflects what makes Brilliant Earth a beacon in the industry. Recognizable design, careful craftsmanship, and an unwavering commitment to quality, sustainability, and transparency. Drawing inspiration from the warmth and energy of the sun, soul is more than jewelry. It's an expression of your personality. Find the pieces that resonate with you and discover a radiant addition to your forever collection. The Soul Collection, available exclusively at Brilliant Earth. Be light, be you. Zoe Hum, Courtney Casey, Barry Letourneau, Kalindra Ferrara, Arlene Lipsky, Andrea Lee, Jessica I. Yeah, well, no, I say Jessica I. Uh, just because of like a notable name, but as far as like a skill set, I feel like Alexa Grasso would probably be the most skilled fighter she's, she's you know, picked up a win against. And uh, she's going to have to really pick up the volume and, and maybe the intensity in a situation like this. I mean, fighters on back-to-back losses, they, they're really hungry for that win. And uh, it's nothing you can really like put your finger on is why you want to get behind them. But I, I think it's going to be a close fight. You know, Joanne Wood via decision sits, you know, at, at a reasonable rate as well. I think it's plus 330. We just spoke about it. And I, I like her here at 7,200 more than some of these other underdogs. I mean, look, I just think it's going to be hard to get to Alexa Grosso from, from a fantasy aspect. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, there's there's good reasons why she is a favorite in this matchup. But from a from a DFS aspect, I just think it paying off that 9,000 price in relation to other fighters that are around that price range, I, I just don't see myself getting to this. I mean, I'll be honest, this will probably be one fight that um, I, I'll limit exposure on. You know, this is one of those things where I'm probably going to set some groups in, in relation to this fight of, of trying to limit how much I can get to. Next up, we got a matchup that I truly believe is going to be a key part of being optimal this week, and that is Matt Brown and Brian Barbarina. Matt Brown, A200, Brian Barbarina, 8,000. This match was uh, supposed to take place a couple months ago, but uh, Matt Brown uh, tested positive for COVID, so that's why it ultimately got delayed to this point. Matt Brown fighting in his home state of ohio but man i just i mean obviously the price point sticks out to you but when i think this matchup i just think there's gonna be a ton of volume in the matchup 
I think there's going to be a ton of violence in the matchup and the price point is going to be hard to get away from. Um, I think that this matchup screams volatility. Like, I don't know. I, I don't trust either one of these guys and I don't really view either one of these guys as, as like, you know, UFC true caliber. They're kind of just like the, the veterans that are like hanging around and uh, you know, Matt Brown to be fighting at his age is kind of incredible. And he has to look good and put together some strong performances. I mean, knocking out Diego Lima is pretty awesome. Um, you know, 91 fantasy points in a spot where he was priced at 7,200. This is a, a matchup where I just don't trust the durability of either guy, right? Like we've seen, we've seen Matt Brown hurt numerous times to the body. We've seen Barbarena rocked. We've seen both of these guys rocked. Both of them don't look like they know how to wrestle all that well defensively. Like they've been ragdolled throughout. They, they like to get, you know, their work done on the feet and you can't trust either, either chin. So it comes down to like, who might be a little bit more aggressive, who could possibly get that hometown rub if it's a, if it's a close decision. So I would agree with you in saying that Matt Brown at 8,200 would be the, the tiny, tiny lean, but I'm just going to view this fight as a fight I need to get to within, you know, you know, using Osmo's tools using a fantasy cruncher tool, just making a group. I think that the salary makes this a fight very difficult to get away from. And just how I predict this fight to be could be violence throughout the, the volume of Barbarane and being a Southpaw could pose problems to Matt Brown. Um, you know, that liver kick is going to be right there for Barbarane and we've seen Matt Brown, Matt Brown crumble to the body. So we'll have to see, but it, it is a slight lean towards Matt Brown as, as ugly as it is to say. Um, but regardless, I view like, this fight as, as a pure optimal fight. Like it's, it's probably going to be in it. I think somebody's getting knocked out or finished. Now, if Brian Barbarina can get the job done, it'll be the first time since 2016 that he has won back-to-back fights. That's crazy. I mean, Matt Brown in his past three fights, Lima, a victory over him and losses to Condit and Baeza. Whereas Barbarina's past three fights, Weeks, Wit, and Ivy. I don't know, man. I just feel like Matt Brown's kind of fought like the better guys in a situation like that, which doesn't always point you in the correct, you know, direction. But uh, that's where I'm leaning. That's why I'm just saying it's a lean. No confidence in this matchup at all. I think like targeting an under makes a ton of sense. I don't think this fight's going to go the distance. You look at uh, Barbarina's wins in the UFC. Joe Ellenberger, Sage Northcutt, Warley Alves, Joe Proctor, Jake Ellenberger, Anthony Ivey, Darion Weeks. Barley Alves, I would consider the best win. Yeah, for sure. Number two, Jake Ellenberger. Number yeah. three, I That's don't know where I go. Ellenberger is a, Ellenberger was so good. Ellenberger was really, yeah. really good. Um, but man, the damage on both of these guys, this is like just going to be violence at its finest. So I really don't care. It'll come down to roster construction and getting different elsewhere. Yeah, no question about it. Next up, we have got a flyweight matchup that is going to be, uh, from a, a fight aspect, is a fight that I absolutely yeah. love. That's Askar Askarov and Kaikar France. Huge matchup at 125 pounds. Uh, Askarov, 9,100. Kaikar France, 7,100. We were talking before the show. I don't really love this one from a GPP aspect, but you brought up a really interesting point that you think a submission could be in play here. It definitely could be. I mean, we've seen Kaikara France get submitted in the past, but, you know, against Brandon Roybal. Um, and then in the fight, just, you know, following that, Rogerio Monterine had his back and had him in a horrible situation for a, a long period of time. And then, you know, when he finally got out of that, he landed an amazing knockout blow. And you're not always going to be able to bail yourself out of situations like that. And some fighters are just really lucky and it's good. It's better to be lucky than good sometimes. And Kaikara France is so, so talented. He hits really, really hard, but I view Askar Askarov as like a, a very dangerous matchup for Kaikara France, because I don't think that he's ever faced somebody that's going to want to ragdoll him as much as Askarov is going to, um, you know, he landed five takedowns against Joseph Benavidez and, I'll tell you what, Benavides is one hell of a wrestler. So the fact that that happened makes me really just view his wrestling in just high regard. Uh, you know, four takedowns in his debut against Brandon Moreno. Tim Elliott's a really damn good grappler, but, uh, you know, you, you saw Askar Askarov have to overcome some adversity in that matchup. I just think the grappler priced at 9,100 with tons of takedown potential and a possible finish route 
needs to get some attention. And I think that he will, uh, when, when ownership comes out, I think that he's going to be pretty heavily owned. Um, and I won't be getting away from it. I, I view people that are, uh, that are, you know, targeting Kaikara France. I don't view it as a bad selection at all, because if he wins, I think that he wins via knockout. I don't think that he's going to be better than Askarov for 15 minutes. Um, so I, I don't think as a dart, so you could do, you know, you could probably do worse than that, but Askarov, I think might ragdoll Kaikara France in route to a submission finish. So 9,100 looks like an excellent price tag. And uh Kingslayer bringing up the point uh, for you is how is Askarov on the feet though? Yeah. I mean, it's a great point Kingslayer and, and he's eh, like, he's not like anything spectacular, but the pad work that I've seen and what I've seen in his fights is he'll strike into his strength, which is great is where he'll use his hands just enough to close distance and, you know, evade a shot to really get back into the clinch and working his takedowns. If he stays on the outside and thinks that he's going to show off his striking, he's a fool. He is an absolute fool to go and do that against Kai Kara France, because that's how you're going to end up getting knocked out. And that's why I will have some exposure to Kai Kara France in case the fight IQ, which is the most important thing when it comes to, you know, MMA fights and DFS is that we can't really put a finger on is if the fighters are going to have the correct fight IQ within the fight, if they take the correct path uh, to victory. And uh, if Askarov chooses to grapple, it's going to be a nightmare for, for Kaikara France. And, you know, when you talk about fight IQ, uh, I had Cody Brunge on my show this week, and, and we talked about Dolce and his fight. And, and I brought the fact of, you know, hey, you know, were you surprised by that takedown? And, and he said, he goes, he's like, when I coach yelled out 90 seconds, I could tell Dolce was tired. And yeah. uh, he even joked that, so Cody's wife is Amanda Bobby Brundage. Um, people would know her as Amanda Bobby Cooper. And he told me, he said, he goes, he goes, yeah, Amanda said him, told me that it was stupid to go for a guillotine before the fight. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out pretty well getting that 50K yeah. bonus. But, but, but yeah, that was a, a rough start. Rough oh, start boy. for Cody Brundage. A rough start. That is a, a, that is one way to, to really exhaust your opponent. Just take 500 unanswered strikes to the face and then, you know, when they're possibly tired, just pull a guillotine and hey, Brundage, you came through, came through for us. But I, I thought it was going to go a lot different than that. Uh, uh, as I was watching that fight, I was like, oh, this ain't good. This yeah, ain't it, good. <laughs> it looked like moments from and just the body language, right? And body language is huge, especially in the eyes of a referee. Brundage uh, did I, not have the correct body language. I thought it was going to be stopped. I did too. I thought the ref was going to come and stop that yeah. fight, but you know, there, there's some, there's some refs out there that they expect you that you got to die for this, for they're going to come in and stop. The fight. Yeah, right. I mean, let's just be honest about it. Yeah. Look they're you know, Mark Smith, for instance, I feel like you have to almost die for him to come in and stop the fight. Chris yeah. Tyone, he's one way or the other, either he comes in early or no, you got to die. Yeah, I know. It's, it's weird. Right. And like, it's almost like, I think I brought it up in the past. It's almost like learning an umpire strike zone. Like you have to like, no, all right, this guy stops fights quickly. So if I just get him in trouble, if I put a flurry on him, I might walk away with a victory. Whereas some other guys you're like, man, I need to hit this guy with the kitchen sink, everything <laughs> in order to get, get this guy out of here because the ref's just going to let it go on. I remember in one of my fights, my, my, my Bellator one, I hit the guy. I don't know how many times I looked at the ref. I said, come on, ref. Like I want to do, I, 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 and I, I don't, I'm very respectful and all that, but I was like, dang, dude, this guy's hit, taking a ton of shots. Come on, ref, get him out of here. Oh yeah. yeah. There's always those fights we've seen where like, and, and more times than not, it's when the fights on the ground where one of the fire on top just looks up like, Hey bro, you got to stop this or what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely can say I did that and I, I felt bad. I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. I just didn't want to hit the guy that many times. The one that sticks out in my mind most recently was Gaethje versus Cerrone, where Gaethje's like, yes, hey, that, man. That's a really good one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know it's bad when the fighter's like, hey, man, you need to stop this thing. Yeah, for sure. You no. Know? Yeah, but, uh, but of course, this is the also MMA strategy show. We're getting you ready here for UFC Columbus. Of course, uh, if you want to get access to all the great premium data and tools, we have over awesome.com. Got to sign up for also a weekly pass for $29.95. Gives you access to everything we have over at awesome.com from ownership projections, player projections, and so much more. And if you just want an awesome plus MMA weekly pass, those start as low as $2.95. Stop guessing, start winning. Join Awesome Plus today. Before we move over to the next matchup, do want to mention there was a comment about uh, Askarov and his fantasy scores, and they haven't been, uh, especially when you're talking about for a 9,000 fighter. So his first fight in the UFC, Bram Moran was a draw, scored 48 and a half. 
that Tim Elliott win 71 and a half Pantoja win 71.3 Benavides 89.8. Those are not scores that you love when you're paying 9,100 Facts. But guess what? And I'm going to say it. Arnold Allen was a terrible scorer as well. And look what he did last week to Dan Hooker. Uh, if, if a fighter falls into a finish or they have a correct path to victory, they can definitely, uh, you know, outproduce their mean. And I do think that that could be a situation here where Askarov, if he gets a couple more takedowns, uh, in, a, in a fight like this, he cannot strike with Kaikara France. Kaikara France will knock his block off. And he's going to be a very chalky punt play, and deservedly so. But what that's going to lead to is a lot of clinch work and tons of takedowns, which could result in in a higher uh, fantasy score or a possible finish. Between aging and busy lifestyles, many women struggle with maintaining their physical and mental wellness. At Aquavita Concierge Healthcare Services for Women, we can help you revitalize your health and reclaim your life. We start from within by balancing your hormones, allowing your body to achieve and maintain desired weight goals. We also specialize in peptide therapies, regenerative medicine, sexual health, and aesthetics in our state-of-the-art facilities. Feel better, look better, live better. At Aquavita, visit aquavitality.com and begin your journey today. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Of course, let's move over. Next up, we got a heavyweight matchup between Lear Latifi and Alexi Olenek. Olenek 7,600. Latifi 8,600. Of course, uh, we all know what Alexi Olenek <laughs> is about. But Pete, man, there ain't much of a neck to choke. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. It's weird. This is a weird fight. It's definitely a weird fight. Uh, you have Alexi Olenek, a guy known for basically having incredible Ezekiel chokes, which is more of a gi technique than uh, an MMA technique. But he's he's found a way to make it work at MMA. And, uh, man, the guy is just a finisher, and he, he'll go out there and hunt submissions. And I am worried about one thing is, is regardless of how, you know, small your neck is or how – you know, lack of a neck. I'm a, I don't even know how to word this, how Latifi does not have a neck. So if Olenek gets behind him, I feel like that could be the only situation where possibly a rear naked choke could still happen, but I don't know. I'm favoring Alir Latifi in a situation like this. I think that his hands might be a little bit too powerful. Uh, I like how he's been training with Francis and Ganu. I saw that. Um, Francis and, and him seem to have hit it off. He's been training with some strong guys and uh, Ankalaev as well. Uh, he seems to have like a great group of people around him. I think that'll prepare him for an aged Olenek. Um, I don't think he's going to get taken down. If he got, if he does, he'll pop back to his feet. He's usually the guy who likes to get taken down. So avoid the Hail Mary submissions. And, uh, I think he can get, uh, Alexi Olenek out of there. To be honest, I, I like him here at 8,600. I like him with some, uh, some finishing upside. It's just in heavyweight. Sometimes they don't need so many strikes in order to get a finish. So you'll get a finish, but it, it may be 90 points flat or something like that. And at 8,600, we'll have to be dependent on the rest of the slate. Daniel says, how do you feel about Latifi over one and a half rounds? Latifi is so low volume. And how does Olenek choke someone with no neck? Uh, I will tell you, I do like the over one and a half rounds. Uh, even though Olenek is a guy that, for the most part, either he's getting finished within two or, you know, his, his opponent is getting finished. Um, to me, I, I would say I would lean over one and a half on this fight. I really don't like doing that in heavyweight a lot because trying to predict which is going to be a sloppy hug fest and what's going to be a one round type of fight is very difficult. Um, that's interesting. I, I don't hate it. I, I feel like just Latifi inside the distance is a little sneaky. Um, but if you have no faith in Latifi, then you could target the the over-under. Uh, but, yeah, I, I seem to have a little bit more faith in Latifi to get this done than I feel like some do. Next up, we got a lightweight matchup between Bone Crusher and Slavikos. Mark I. Casey, of course, a uh, veteran here in the UFC. He's 7,500. Slavikos, 8,700. 
Uh, obviously, we, we saw what uh, what Slava was able to do in his last fight there against Dakota Bush. Uh, tremendous knockout that he had in that one. And Mark Dyke, on the other side, he's lost back to back. And uh, you know, the, I do expect this a fight that's going to play on the feet. The one thing that kind of concerns me is uh, you know, Mark had spent a lot of time in American Top Team for a while, but it appears he's been over uh, in England. Yeah, so this fight's interesting, and I think it's going to be a violent one. Uh, and I, I'm going to be targeting both sides. And, uh, you know, I really like Slava Claus. I like Borshev quite a bit. I think that he has tremendous striking for the division. I do think that there are some holes in his game that he's working really hard on patching. And it's uh, obviously his takedown defense. And it's his ground game, which in his previous matchup against Bush, you know, I, sometimes like we see prospects and in certain matchups, especially if they belong to certain gyms, if they have a, a path to victory, uh, you know, Bush looked good early in, in, in getting takedowns and all that. Like, you know, you could somewhat negate the strengths of Borshev by putting him on his back. Uh, but Borshev, he he works back to his feet. And when he hits you, man, he just rips to the body better than so many people within the UFC. And it's something that I absolutely love to see. And, uh, you know, uh, this is an interesting matchup because if uh, Mark Chikasi does not incorporate takedowns, we could have a situation where, you know, Borshev's just really building a name off of Mark Chikasi, the the veteran within the UFC. I do think that this is a very, very close fight. I'm leaning towards Slava Claus, Borshev, just because I view him with some, some more powerful shots. But that doesn't go without saying that he needs to continuously work on his, his weaknesses. And, you know, a correct game plan from Mark Chikasi could easily do that. I mean, he's gone the distance with Hafiel Vaziv. Um, you know, he's, he's landed four takedowns against Lando Venata. He needs to implement a similar strategy in order to do this against Slava Claus. I'm going to target Jacasey as a, an underdog. He's not my, you know, he's not in my top three. He's probably my fourth favorite underdog, but, uh, I, I will, I will side with Borshev just because of the KO upside and, and hopefully building off of a, a staple within the division. Of course, uh, you know, as I one thing to mention about Borshev trains at Team Alpha Male, so you know he's working on that wrestling yeah. on, on a daily basis. That is what that team is known about. Of course, this is the also MMA Strategy Show. We are sponsored by Prize Picks. Be sure to sign up, deposit, and play over at Prize Picks. And when you do that, you'll get a free month of also plus platinum, and uh, you'll get an email within 24 to 40 hours of how you can take advantage of that free month of Osmo plus platinum. Of course, be sure to use that promo code Osmo for an instant first match pause of up to $100. I don't know if people can hear those airplanes based on Tyler's reaction. So I live in Tampa. I live by the Air Force Base. We have an air show going on this weekend. Clearly, they are practicing this afternoon. Boy, that was awesome. I I thought Tyler was over here playing like sound bites. That was that was fantastic. It was just enough. It wasn't too loud. It was just enough. It was kind of cool background noise. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. We we I've got a bunch of interviews after the show today. I don't know how much I'm loving that, but yeah, bad, bad day to do interviews, Mister Jason. But let's let's just say I uh, my house is uh, basically in line with the flight line at McDill Air Force Base. So uh, funny thing when me and my wife bought this house what, 14 years ago. Every time we saw the house, never heard one airplane. Day we closed, moved in, we were like, oh, never heard this? that. <laughs> I didn't know there was a train in the backyard. What is this going on? Oh, you get used to it. You get used to it. Yeah. yeah. yeah you get used to it. You get used to it. But uh, look over at prize picks. So uh, over on fight time, didn't really necessarily see anything. I absolutely loved. We went over significant strikes. And the one that kind of stuck out to me, and I mean, look, it's heavyweight MMA, and you get scared playing this type of prop. I like the over 27 and a half significant strikes land by Lero Latifi. Oh, Lord. Um, okay. Yeah. I like, it. I like it. I just, I, I, cause I'm thinking this fight is not going to end quickly and that, um, he's built, be able to land some, some strikes at distance, even though he does have a reach disadvantage in that one. Yeah. I now there is on the takedowns. I do like an underplay and we're going to talk about this fight next. Neil Magny under two takedowns. Oh, I, ooh, I'm torn on that one, Jason. I, I, I think that's really close because I think that Magny can get takedowns over most people within the division, but Max Griffin is kind of sneaky good within that within that range of fighting. 
Yeah, that that's one of those things that to me it's uh it's one of those things of like okay he's got to get three for it to go over I don't really love that um, yeah. if that if that number can get to two and a half oh oh I like that's a smash the under if it gets to two and a half that's what I'm saying because I think two is oh is really close if it's two I, I'd say wait a little bit let's hope that it gets to two and a half and then you hit the under on that I would agree with you. Yeah, I will tell you. I mean, you know, the blades is three and a half takedowns. I'm like, man, I, I feel like that fight's gonna have to really draw out for that to be an over. I, I kind of look more of that as an underplay. You just mentioned about Mark uh, Di Casey, one and a half takedowns. That's kind he's of an gonna, interesting number. He's gonna need to get two. He needs yeah. to in in a matchup like that. Of course, uh, mentioned about uh, Neil Magny and Mark Casey. Of course, be sure to play over there at Prize Picks. Uh, use that promo code also for instant first match deposit of up to $100. And looking at this match between Neil Magny and Max Griffin, 8,800 for Neil Magny, 7,400 for Max Griffin. I don't love this one from a GPP aspect. Yeah, from a GPP aspect, I would agree with you. Um, the only way that I would love it is if uh, Magny finds more takedowns in a situation like this. Uh, you know, he landed four against Robbie Lawler, but obviously Robbie Lawler is super, super dangerous, and he scored 100 points. Um, he landed four against Jing Liang, super dangerous, uh, scored 99 points. I think that, you know, he'll be floating pretty close to those numbers as far as, like, you know, getting 88 to 95 fantasy points. Um, I really like Neil Magny from just, like, a cash aspect of – who do you feel somewhat safe about coming through? I like Magny because I think that, you know, Griffin is talented. Griffin's kind of on a streak right now, and I think it's going to come to an end. Yes, he hits hard, but I think the range of Magny, the volume, the pace, and just the the level that Magny's at, I think he's extremely superior towards, uh, to, to Max Griffin. So I'm leaning and picking Mac, uh, Neil Magny in this situation. Um, Max Griffin... Man, he could he could land one big shot or possibly start chopping down that leg of Neil Magny as we have seen in the past. But I like Neil Magny pretty heavily this week, and uh, I'll be getting to him in hopes that maybe he he does something. I'm not expecting a finish from him, so that's the thing that that that's the one worry, and that's where I, I would agree with you in saying that you don't necessarily love this fight from a GPP aspect because it's probably going the distance, and in order for it to go the distance, you need high volume or massive takedowns, and uh, you know. It could be a situation where it's just a mediocre output, but uh, Magny's going to win this fight. Joshua, I want to answer his question. It's a generic question about uh, discussing what's counted for significant strikes on ground and pound. I'll just give you the definition um, in terms of what is considered a significant strike is all strikes at distance and power strikes in the clinch and on the ground. Uh, More times than not, when it comes to – strikes it might depend on who's actually scoring the fight for fight because <laughs> there are sometimes you have seen some clear power shots on the mat that do not get uh award as significant strikes very inconsistent uh, and it's kind of like uh super inconsistent which there, there needs to be some clarity and i think that anything on the ground should be considered a significant strike because you know you have nowhere to go with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details um, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like you're, you're being able to absorb some of the shot and, you know, move away or some of it gets deflected. Like when you're on the yeah. mat and you're getting your head bashed in like that, everything's pretty significant. So like anything that Curtis blades throws is going to be significant in this fight. 
Yeah, no, no question about it. Let's move on to the next matchup. We got a female matchup between Sarah McMahon and Carol Hosa. Carol Hosa, 8,900, 7,300 for Sarah McMahon. I mean, look, we, we know what Sarah McMahon wants to do. She's going to want to go in there and get the takedown. So Carol Hosa is going to have to uh, defend takedowns here. Um, you know, one concern I would have if you're looking to back Sarah McMahon in this matchup is she could easily score takedowns and maybe get to up to nothing heading to the third. But is that gas tank going to be there in the third? Um, not a matchup I really love. I, I, this, to me, this is probably more of a cash game aspect of it. Um, I do like Carol Hosa to win the fight, but it's all going to come down to her stopping the takedown. Yeah, for sure. So as far as who I trust more in 2022, it's Carol Hosa. Uh, Sarah McMahon, like in her prime and in her earlier years, I think, you know, just has a style that can. I felt like she could have been so much more dominant than she was. Um, and I do think that she has some levels of quit within her. Uh, I do think that when the going gets tough or when she, when her cardio starts to abandon her a little bit, she gets a little tired, mistakes happen. And then you want out of the fight ASAP. Uh, I think that she can lay, land takedowns against anybody within this division. And I, I really do. Um, she's just so good in the wrestling department and she can get top heavy pressure, which is great. I'm worried about Carol Hosa getting blanketed for a little bit of time within this matchup. I think that for some of the, the takedown attempts as you know, McMahon gets tired, I think that, you know, Carol Hosa will have an easier time defending them or working her way back to her feet. She's a far superior striker in this situation. And I do think that she has the, the better jujitsu game as well. Whereas McMahon will kind of leave her neck out there at times and get submitted like some fight IQ mistakes and, I really like Carol Hosa as far as like a fighter moving forward within the division, but every now and then a veteran kind of just spoils a prospect's rise within the division. And uh, Sarah McMahon could do that. She has the skills to do so. She just needs to avoid danger on the feet and put Carol Hosa on her back. So I'm taking some stabs at Sarah McMahon, you know, it's like, uh, just because she's a wrestler within this within this range, and if she employs the correct game plan, she could definitely pay off for us. Uh, but I'm, you know, she's probably like my third favorite underdog. But I'm I'm picking Carol Hosa, you know, to to win the fight, uh, just because I think that you know the striking's going to be too much, the volume's too much, and I think that she's on the rise, whereas Sarah McMahon's on the on the decline. But another week with some volatile underdogs, and you know, like you could get some. You know, some 7,000 fighters that could win a decision and not really score the best. If Sarah McMahon wins this fight, it's probably because she put together tons of control time and good takedowns. So it's just something to circle and note going forward. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, certain man, uh, you know, age is, uh, you know, she's, she's getting up there in age uh, sure, for a fighter, sure. too. Uh, by the way, someone asked about the uh, pictures back there in uh, Pete's background. Yes, those are Pete. Those are of Pete fighting. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, the one of the ground and pound is uh, my 11 second knockout. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a while ago. It was a while ago. You're damn right. It's a while ago. Yes, <laughs> I can was. tell because I can see the Dave and Buster's logo. And I know Dave and Buster's not been a sponsor yeah. of Bellator for a while. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that, that is Pete back there. Uh, because so let's move on. Next up, we got a matchup between Chris Gutierrez and Donna, Donna, 8,500, 7,700 for Chris Gutierrez. Uh, Gutierrez is, is someone that, I mean, look, he's not a great fantasy score, but he's just, he's a great, he's a good fighter, man. And those leg kicks, I mean, they're, they're, they're a game changer. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm trying, I'm trying to think who, who's a fighter that he literally just took his legs out. It was, oh. um, Vince Morales. Yeah. Morales. Yeah. Yeah. He just leg kicked him to death and Gutierrez is on a hell of a run, man. And, uh, Anytime Gutierrez is in a striking matchup, you have to just kind of like put an asterisk next to him, especially when he's an underdog. And I think that he's going to be everybody's darling this week of hoping all these other underdogs, you know, crash and burn and don't come through. And a Chris Gutierrez via decision with a low output kind of comes through at 7,700 scoring, you know, 75 or so fantasy points, you know, like that's going to be everybody's hope. Cause I don't think he's going to knock out the knob He could, he definitely could. He has tricky kicks. And all it takes is one kick to the head to really change things. And, you know, I don't think that he showcased all of his skills. Everybody just knows him as the leg kick guy or the calf kick guy. But I do think that he has some, you know, spinning hook kicks and all nice high round kicks that he that he can showcase in a matchup. Uh, but I'll tell you what, man, I'm like, I love Chris Gutierrez from his skill set. But I'll tell you what, what 
Denah Bakary is doing and knocking people out clean in round one, that power the with his hands, his combinations, he looks damn good. He looks really good. And he looks like a fantasy darling here at, you know, scoring 109, 128, and 107 fantasy points. I don't think he's going to knock out Chris Gutierrez. Gutierrez hasn't been knocked out to this point. Usually if he's going to lose a fight, it's because he's going to get out grappled. But that doesn't mean that a big shot from Denab Akari can't change things. Uh, I'm torn on this because Gutierrez historically is a terrible fantasy uh, producer. Um, Only in the Vince Morales fight, he scored 114 points. But like I said, he's dangerous. And we see it all the time. Look at Molly McCann. You know, from the clinch, threw a spin and elbow out of nowhere and and picked up an amazing finish. So everybody's going to be on Gutierrez because they, they want him to come through. He definitely has the skills to do so. Do I do it? Oh, man, I got to side with the power. I got to side with the power of the Nabakuri. I, I just have to. It's too much for the division. Yeah, I'm signing with Chris Gutierrez, but it's more of a cash play mm-hmm. than it is a GPP. Um, and then really it comes down to a roster construction in terms of a cast situation of, of where I'll be able to fit him into his lineup. To Dylan, I ask, uh, will PP fighting get in the future? Working Stay on tuned. it. Working on it. Working Stay on tuned. It. <laughs> We've, I feel know. like everybody in Osmo, like, dude, we're tired of hearing it. You you ain't never fighting. Uh it's it's been it's been it's been difficult we, we had the COVID time for a while and then waiting for the correct opportunity and uh you know we got some doors opening so we'll see but yeah of course I, i'm training my guys training myself uh training with my coaches and uh yeah it, I'm, I'm excited to get back in there it's been a while let's just say there's a certain awesome host who might live in tampa that has been looking at flights for a particular uh, city. Let's just say that. That'd be awesome. Oh, man, be <laughs> let's, let's just say that. Let's just say uh, that gives you a little hint about kind of what's going on here. Uh, but of course, uh, you, of course, you make sure when, once that fight is locked in, we'll let everyone know sure. when that is going to be. Uh, the biggest betting favorite on the card as of this morning, already over a seven to one betting favorite, the Black Wolf, who, by the way, this, this is three of his last four undefeated fighter out of Russia, one in 50 seconds. 58 seconds, 28 seconds at 58 second win was against Paul Harris to give you a little eye. This guy is the real deal. I think this is a showcase matchup for him. Um, DraftKings price are not out. I expect his DraftKings price to be 9,500. Yeah, for sure. Ali Ashab, he's is, uh, you know, he's a prospect for sure. And, uh, you know, I, I'm definitely intrigued with him going forward. I think that he can be a dangerous, dangerous fighter for this division. I, I think that his striking's pretty sneaky. He throws heavy, heavy shots. He throws a, an excellent body kick as well. But he's a very talented grappler with good ground and pound. So he just has multiple ways to win. And against Tolulin, you know, on short notice, I, I feel like this is just like he's stepping up just to kind of fill a spot. You know, he's a body. He could, you know, provide some resistance, but. Ali Ashab his reeve is going to get him out of there inside the distance. I'm pretty confident in saying so. Uh, I'm, you know, I want to see what his price is. If it's anything below 9,500, which I don't expect, um, I would be completely surprised. And I'm going to take tons of stabs at him because he, he definitely has KO upside, grappling upside, finish upside. He just seems like the whole package. And, you know, with prospects, there's always question marks surrounding. And obviously it comes down to a gas tank for him. But I like what I've seen out of Ali Asheb. So, uh, yeah, that's all we got to say with that. He's going to win this fight against Tululin. Um, Tululin's going to be priced in the 6K for a good reason. And uh, it's a very difficult fight to take on short notice. Yeah, I mean, look, it's I would I would be surprised if he's not 95, maybe even 9,600. Yeah, I mean, if he's less than that, I mean, that's music to my ears right there. And, uh, you know, these fights following this fight, like, you know, starting off the card, you know, from like the Chris Gutierrez fight down, I think is how everybody's lineups going to be. You know, you're either going to, you know, make the best of your lineups right here or a ton of them are going to get broken. I feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel like the, the main card and the top end of the card is a little bit easier to predict. And these preliminary bouts are pretty, pretty tricky. So I'm going to be definitely taking stabs at underdogs and, and making sure my exposure is correct using the Osmo Fantasy Cruncher tool top fighters tool all the good stuff we got over there on osmo.com okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No yeah, of course, uh, you can sign up for also a plus weekly pass for $29.95. Of course, one of the things that Pete and I love to see after the fights are over are those winning screenshots. We want to see you go into the awesome hall of fame this week. Of course, uh, the thing you got to be doing first off, you got to have that awesome avatar on your DFS profile. You get that over awesome.com slash avatar. You can tweet, then tweet your wins to at awesome. H O F. When you finish uh, in the top three of the contest, over 5,000 contestants, you will get into the awesome hall of fame. You win a free month of also plus platinum. When you go, when you win a contest of that size, and of course you can only uh, win one per calendar year. Uh, congratulations there to mark taking down over at no house advantage first and second place taking down six thousand dollars kudos to you there uh, in the nba contest also uh travis taking down a win with the prop tools using over at awesome.com as well there you see our guy nolan taking down the mini max in college basketball dfs projections you guys check out everything we got college basketball wise to get you ready here for the sweet 16 uh as well and of course you see all the other winning screenshots we have over there uh captain contest uh coming down there with a win is nikki taking it down there uh congratulations to you what you were able to do over there and you see all those winning screenshots love seeing those screenshots of course uh be sure uh, also uh, hit us up on those podcast channels leave us a five-star rating or review we really do appreciate that as well let's move over to the next matchup we got a female matchup jennifer maya taking on manel fear out 9400 6800 for jennifer maya uh, step up a competition here for Firo, but man, there's a reason why a lot of people are very high on her. Yeah. So if you've been paying attention to our podcast, you know that, you know, I, I've been kind of saying about, you know, the, the prospect watch Aspinall, Hamza Shemaev, Romanov, Manon Firo is, is right up there as well. Like, I, I think that she is a difference maker for this division. I think that her volume is what separates her from, from the rest of the pack. Uh, her combinations, just her variety can pose fits for a lot of people within this division. She's pretty physically imposing for the division as well. So it's not like she's a, a small girl who could get ragdolled or taken down too, too easily. I, I do think that that is the path to challenge her. I just don't necessarily know if uh, Jennifer Maya has the wrestling chops to get it done. I, I know that she has excellent jujitsu and, and has the superior jujitsu, but as far as the physicality and the wrestling, like Manon Firo could even get takedowns in this fight, if she chose to, I just think that's kind of like, you know, going to where Jennifer Maya is the, the, the strongest and uh, Manon Firo on the outside landing combinations at will exiting. I thought that she looked a little bit more human in her previous fight against uh, Myra Bueno Silva, whereas in her first two fights in the UFC against uh, Tabitha Ricci and against Leonardo, she found second round finishes. She looked unstoppable in those fights and it was a nice test to see her go 15 minutes and, uh, you know, she showed off her school, her, her, you know, full skill set. She's going to need a full skill set to be uh, Jennifer Maya and she cannot get fatigue. She cannot, you know, just take her foot off the gas pedal because Jennifer Maya has been in there with some of the best fighters in the world. And everybody's going to say how, you know, she, she was pretty challenging against, uh, you know, Shevchenko, but, uh, for the large majority of it, she's just going to be a punching bag until she can get you, you know, in the clinch and she's pretty strong there. But I think, uh, Manon Firo's physicality is awesome for the division 9,400. Uh, does she find a finish? It wouldn't necessarily surprise me because Maya's taking it on, you know, relatively short notice, but uh, I just think that she's just a, a solid play in general because her volume and, and she can, you know, find points in multiple ways, takedowns, uh, you know, and she's just the superior striker in this situation. So I like Manofi wrote, I might be level with the field, not necessarily going to go over the field, um, cause I do feel like this might get stretched out. Jennifer Maya is a little tough. Uh, next up, we've got a flyweight matchup between Matthias Nikolai and David Dvorak. David Dvorak, the favorite in this one. He is 8,400 on DraftKings, 7,800 for Matthias Nikolai. Nikolai coming off a win against Tim Elliott. He has won back-to-back fights. Do you like the underdog here, Pete? I, I initially did. And then I watched film and the more I saw of Nicolau and, and how, you know, basically his two wins in the UFC, well, not two wins, his, his two most recent wins in the UFC are somewhat gifts. Like the Manel cop fight is definitely a gift. Uh, the, the Tim Elliott fight is, you know, arguably a gift. Um, you know, he's on his back foot a lot and 
He, he counterstrikes a lot. He doesn't necessarily lead the dance. And I do think that David Dvorak's pressure going forward, just constantly being the guy who is aggressive and has a higher work rate. And that that's what I really like. I, I don't want the guy sitting on the back foot and just kind of just hoping and, and trying to just edge out rounds. I want the guy pushing and Dvorak hits really, really hard. I don't think that a finish from Dvorak is all that crazy. We have seen Nikolau take big, big shots at, you know, in the past, uh, Nikolau's best path to victory is incorporating takedowns and just kind of stifling the offense of Dvorak. Uh, so, I mean, Nikolau, when he, when he goes, he has a, an excellent double leg takedown an excellent double leg takedown. But I do think that David Dvorak will be wise to it. I think he'll work back to his feet. And I do think that he could incorporate his own takedowns as well. This could be just be a, an awesome fight all the way around. I just, yep. you know, I'm really just thinking that David Dvorak's going to get it done here at 8,400. And the opening fight of the night will be a featherweight matchup between Luis Saldana and Bruno Souza. 8,300 for Saldana, 7,900 for Bruno Souza. What's your take, Pete? Yeah, I mean, this is a, a karate point fight. It's not really a fight that I'm going to be prioritizing. Uh, I feel like everybody's naturally going to go towards Luis Saldana. He comes from a stronger camp of fight ready. Um, I am favoring Bruno Souza in the matchup just because he's a little bit more evasive. Uh, you know, he's coming out of, you know, Lito Machida's, you know, camp. And I do think that he has the superior grappling in a situation like this. He's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. And I think that Saldana has shown that he could get tired over 15 minutes and he's a little susceptible to the body. So I think if I was Bruno Souza, I'd be digging at that body, challenging his toughness. And if they do, you know, end up in a, a grappling or, or takedown type of situation, I think that Souza has some sneaky submission skills. So I'll be picking Bruno Souza. It's just temper expectations. This could be a staring contest, you know, somewhat of a karate type of fight. Of course, coming up next is the NHL Strad Show. Of course, uh, be sure to give us a thumbs up. It does, definitely helps out. If you're watching us after the fact, leave a uh, your comment in the comment section. Myself and Pete, we will get back to you. Of course, Sammy will get into your super chat here in a moment. Let's give our straight up fight picks, non DFS related main event. Uh, give me Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades. Co main event. Give me Alexa Grosso. Okay, Joanne Wood. All right. Uh, I'll take Matt Brown over Brian Barbarina. Matt Brown, I hate that fight. <laughs> I will go Askarov against Car France. Askarov? I will go Latifi. Latifi? Give me uh, Borshev. Borshev? Uh, Magni. Magni? Uh, Hosa. Hosa? Gutierrez? Dana Bakary for me. All right. Uh, I will go with the Black Wolf. Uh, I think it's going to be a big showcase fight for him. Yeah, same. Ali Ashab for me. Uh, Fiero, I, I don't even think I have to ask you. Fiero, baby. <laughs> uh, I'll go with the upset in Matthias Nikolai. Okay, I'm going to Borak. And I'll give you another, uh, I'll go another our dog, Bruno Souza. Okay, I'm going Bruno Souza. I'm telling you, man, these prelims might be, might make break your lineups. Uh, Samuel, as always, appreciate you in the super chat. His over under is five and a half. Ooh, 13 fights. I'm gonna say. That's a good number, man. I'm going to say over, but barely. I think six finishes is fine. God, I, I think I think you go under. Okay. Good line. There, there's a lot there's a lot of fights on here that I can really see going the decision. Co-main event. Too. Uh Ascarl France. Mm -hmm. Uh Magni Griffin. Hosa McMahon. Good ears to nah. It's a great line. Nikolai Dvorak. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of fights that stick out to me. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, uh Also, I uh, do want to thank uh, Trish for becoming a member of Team Awesome. Appreciate that. Uh, get back to uh, Samuel's question here. Uh, top two cash GPPs. Uh, in terms of uh, top two cash, what, what are you looking at? Manon, Firo, and Curtis Blades. I'm with you on those two. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, GPP's blades would be my number one just because of uh, takedown control time mm -hmm. upside in there. Yep. Um, and then my number two would probably be uh, the Black Wolf, man. It's going to be a high price tag. You're going to have to pay, but I feel really confident about that one. Agreed. Uh, underdogs uh, and to look at here, um, in terms of from a GPP aspect, I hate the underdogs from a GPP aspect. That's why like, I think Gutierrez kind of just getting 75 might be enough for some people's yeah. lineups, but Joanne Wood is, is the one that sticks out to me. I, I do think that a high volume decision could do it. 
Uh, favorite inside the distance fights uh, for me, it'll be the main event and Brown Barbarino. Brown Barbarino all day long. Uh, yeah. Somebody's getting knocked out. Uh, in terms of top leverage plays, um, it might be it Max might, Griffin. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, very, very well uh, in in terms of that. Um, but you know, it's it's what when, when we're talking about leverage plays, it's also something that I'm going to sit there and. I'm going to see kind of how ownership plays out. And then right. basically on live four lock, I'll, I'll give you some better uh, leverage spots. when We kind of see how ownership is maybe moving over the next 48 hours or so. Pete, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here? No, I just want to say thanks guys. And can't wait to watch this card and, and talk to you guys on Saturday. We appreciate your support. If you can hit that thumbs up for us, we truly appreciate it. Get us over hundred likes and uh, make sure you tune in on Saturday so we can continue this conversation. Also, uh, I'll let you know that Pete and I have a betting uh, content video coming out over on the Odd Shopper YouTube channel, so look out for that later on today. So that's going to do it for the Strategy Show. We will talk to you on Saturday for Live Before Lock. Have a good day, everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.